Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And we are live and living color again, funky like a monkey, if you will. This is the 350th episode of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone, as always. Follow us on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun night. It's going to be super exciting. I'm very, very excited about this night. The 350th episode is something I thought about a few weeks ago. I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to have a a GWF, Global Wrestling Federation, tribute show tonight. So at the uh, Flavor of the Week, we're going to talk some, uh, we're going to, we're going to watch a GWF from uh, from 1993. Uh, And we have uh, two guests on the show tonight, former GWF alum, alumni, uh, it's going to be super duper fun tonight, and I'm really, really excited about it. So uh, within the 350th episode, first of all, I want to thank the Pancakes and Power Slams Nation, the PNP Nation, for having, uh, for, for, for the 350th episodes. For It's been six years and eight months, and it is so, uh, I'm so indebtedly excited and, and uh, so uh, just uh, thankful uh, for the PNP Nation to be 
so supportive of the show. Uh, the, the, the best fans on the planet, as I always say. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm super duper uh, excited. Uh, what's going on, Gabriel? What's going on, Buxton? Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. So we've got uh, a, a really fun uh, guest on the show. Uh, first of all, we got two former GFW stars, uh, uh, some former former GWF stars on the tribute show tonight. Uh, so it's going to be really really fun. Uh, so get your questions ready. We'll be right back uh, with uh, one of the two guests, and it's going to be super-duper fun. I'm really, really excited, and we shall be right back. Pancakes and Power Slams, 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio, featuring weekly interviews from WWE, NNXT, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground and NWA. Join us live every Tuesday at www.blogtalkradio.com slash pancakes and power slam. That's www.blogtalkradio.com slash pancakes and power slam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get this G. WF show started right with the first guest on the show. He's rugged. He's the California stud. He is Rod Ice. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I made it to 350 on your show. How about that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. 350 uh, 350 episodes. I am super duper excited to... uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, super duper excited to have you on the show tonight. And uh, just just for the very fact that uh, G, the, the, the GFW franchise, uh, you know, it's three years, three years old, although it was three years, uh, you know, it was something that was really uh, a catapult to just uh, all the a lot of people being recruited to different places, a lot of people having very very notable careers um, <clears throat> that were in the GWF roster. Now, for those um, who aren't too familiar with Rod Price and as far as his GWF run, let the listeners know uh, how who recruited you. I know there was you know Bill Ed was real big at the time, of course. Uh, two of the, 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 you know, head honchos were uh, Billy D and Joe Pettacino and also Bonnie Blackstone. And, uh, you know, they, they found a lot of talent. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent that we know nowadays who uh, became huge WWE guys. Now, let the listeners know what background you had before you came to GWF, who recruited you, and how that all came about. Well, I started in California. I, uh, I uh, was trained by Red Bastine and Mondo Guerrero, and I kind of fell into wrestling. Uh, just door kind of opened, and when I first started, I was doing independence. I was still playing football at the time, and then uh, mm-hmm. once football was done, I went on and uh, 
kept on doing independence, wanted to work more and more, so was able to uh, latch on to some AWA shows at their at mm-hmm. its tail end. It was uh, at the Showboat in Las Vegas, and then kind of bounced around and ended up in Texas. And I had good friends of mine, Larry Dwyer and James Beard, both helped me out a lot. I, I mean, when I got to Texas, I had a lot of people uh, that just took me under the wing, uh, helped me out at Tim Brooks. Dwyer uh, took me in and uh, got in the door at uh, was the end world class at the time and then uh, switched over to USWA. But they uh, got steady work uh, for, for uh, really being, you know, for two years in, in the in the business. I was working steady. I was very blessed, very fortunate, and uh, was able to go on. Uh, right before I went to GWF, I was in Puerto Rico for three months. And when I got back, Akbar said, hey, we're doing the same with GWF. Um, Pedicinos coming in, you know, pumped it up big. So I was living in the area and got on, got on through Akbar actually, who uh, brought me in. Nice, Gandor Akbar, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> um, and who was one a uh, very you know pivotal and very um, huge part of uh, the GWF uh, tenure, the GWF run. Uh, now, were there uh, any plan? Like, what were the initial plans for for Rod Price? Because um, I remember watching D- GWF when I was uh, a preteen, a, a teenager, and then also binging uh, a few years back on ESPN Classics, and also watching a little bit uh, just within you know recently again uh, for, to, to prep myself for the show. Now you were, now you were a big part of uh, GWF throughout the entire time. Were there any initial plans for you uh, coming right uh, right into the the company? Well, when I first in, you know, if you if you remember back and think back of how loaded with talent GWF was. I mean, Cactus was there. You had Six Fox. I mean, you had you had a ton of talent that was on that roster and yeah. when you're only doing you know when you're shooting uh an hour we used to call it you know it was showing at like 3 30 or something in the afternoon it was supposed to be for kids after school so uh we called it the mm-hmm. after, after school special <laughs> but uh uh yeah, everybody yeah, they brought me in and bill Eady here he uh, had me work with, uh, I think I worked with uh, Buffs for a while. I worked with uh, Del Wilkes for a while, a Patriot. And eventually, uh, while I was still under Joe, we ended up, we started uh, tossing around the idea of teaming up with uh, my good friend, John Tatum. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, man. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We were talking about John Tatum, and uh, you know, J- John Tatum had one of the best, some of the best facials 
in the Absolutely. history of professional wrestling. Would you agree? <laughs> where, where's Tatum? Yeah. Tatum, yeah. John, just, uh, <laughs> you know, he missed his calling. I, I was slow, man. You should have been, you should have been an actor. You should have been a comedian, man. You put them all to shame. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah, Tatum, you know, he he was so. Um, he first of all, he was hilarious. Just like you said, the the facials were absolutely hilarious, and you know the very fact that you know he uh, really played into his heel role. Uh, and, and like oh, you yeah. said, when you were teaming with, you didn't have to. You didn't. You didn't have to do much. You were just the, the you know the heel uh, that they needed. Uh, just just to compliment Tatum because you know yeah, I, I, I always said I was a straight man. You know, you yes, yes, exactly. and, and Rod and John, you know, you turned John loose, and I was just, you know, I was the, I guess yeah. at the time I was the big bad heel that came in, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and, and like you said, I think that was, I think that's a perfect way to say it. You were the straight man, you know, to, uh, you know, to to, to Tatum's, just uh, really animated you know character so well yeah it was it was, it was really no, cool. there was no way you could top job i mean yeah when we did do tv <laughs> when we weren't doing tv and just house shows you know i mean he would i I was amazed man i i learned so much from john and i think through through the years where we're still very good friends and talk to him a lot but, uh, you know, I learned so much from him from the psychology part about the business. Mm-hmm. And and just being with him was uh, 24-7 riot. <laughs> it, was, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a party all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, what uh, you, you stayed, you stayed the, the whole time, weren't you? Yeah. Yes, I did. I uh, yeah. I was there with uh, Petosino, and then when uh, uh, Greg Pearson took it over after uh, Petosino left, uh, I still hung on. Uh, we were still tag teaming, and eventually I, I broke off into singles. And when I did that, uh, what happened was we were I got a deal with Japan, so I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go to Japan, and we, when I was home, John and I would work maybe five or eight matches a night for TV taping mm-hmm. because I was going to be gone. So they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get it on film, have everything in the can, and um, they worked us to death. But uh, it was a great experience. I would do it all over again without any hesitation. Yeah, that's awesome. What are, what are some of your most memorable moments working, you know, in GWF? Well, I worked with uh, I worked with Al Perez. Uh, Al was such a smooth worker, and you know, he was he wanted to be really light, where I was a little more snug. And uh, you know, I'd play with him. You know, I I knew how to work light, but. Just with Al, I'd uh, you know I'd lay it in every once in a while just to see his reaction. <laughs> but I enjoyed working with <laughs> Al. I enjoyed working you know with Dale, uh, Pay 
we worked with uh, uh, slip my mind chair shots right now. He'll come back. Mark Youngblood and Chris Youngblood. Uh, we tag teamed against mm-hmm. them. We tag teamed against uh, the Ebony Ebony Express, Stevie Ray and Booker T. I mean, we just uh, I have so many memorable matches. You know, it was I had so many guys where it was a night off that you know you did, you knew. You're going to walk out that ring the same way you walked in, you know, unscathed, no injury. So it was, it was an awesome time. Yeah. 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 And throughout the, the three, what, what would you say, you know, some of the downfalls as far as, you know, there was a big, uh, it was a big deal, you know, that you had the big two at the time, you know, with uh, WWE and WCW uh, you still had, you know, an alternative, you know, brand with GWF that was you know, wanting to be, you know, a big, uh, a big uh, kind of alternative, but at the same time competition as well. You had an ESPN spot, four o'clock, that was right. really huge. What do you think some of the downfalls were? that only caused the, the company to last three years? Well, when the, uh, for me, and I, I've seen it in so many, uh, you know, upstart independents that, you know, <laughs> NWA for one of them, but uh, mm-hmm. it's always, you know, the guy that's the money guy that's backing it always wants to get in front of the camera, you know, sooner or later, he's got to be, got to be out. And then he starts bringing in his friends, and they got to be out there. And by the time, you know, it, it, they know nothing about the business, and it just it irritates the boys because we had to work with these guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had one, one instance for absolutely no reason, one of these guys wanted to come out and put a pie in my face while I was doing a, an interview. There was no rhyme. Oh, wow. <laughs> and oh, no. that was like, yeah, I mean, and that mm-hmm. that's just a example, but uh, that's the first time oh, that uh, they were started writing scripts for people. They wanted us to mm-hmm. say this or say that, and I'm like, you know, if it's that easy, why don't you get in front of the camera and I'll stand over there yeah. and you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they can't, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, you don't know yep. what you're gonna say. You know, it's like John. How are you going to give, you know, a script to John and say, all right, shoot this promo? He couldn't. Yeah. Like, I can't do this. I've had lived all my life. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way the business works. Yeah. So Makes sense. You know, for me, that was the downfall. You know, they got starstruck and wanted to be part of the show, and they could see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate that uh, it only lasted, you know, three years and, and I remember as a kid, you know, how much I loved, you know, watching it as a kid and it was it was great. I uh, got a couple questions here. Um uh, <laughs> got a got a comment saying your eighties run was uh uh GHP is saying my, your eighties one was my favorite. Uh here's another question here. How was it teaming with such a young Steve Austin and how was the road life during your time? When I when I came in and uh, 
they kept me on house shows. And then uh, I want to say, I'm trying to remember if it was Fritz. Might have been Barrett. I, I'm really foggy on that. But I really didn't have the exposure on the Texas TV. So they wanted to do the gimmick where they brought me out of the audience. And, you know, I, first thing I was to do was get on carry. And then once I once we got in and they were going to use me, they said, well, you know, got blonde hair, you look like Steve, you guys make a good match. And uh, Steve was great. I mean, we were both cutting our teeth in the business, still green and uh, trying to learn. We uh, Back in the day, I pushed start uh, Steve's car because his alternator was out and couldn't afford to buy a new one. So, uh, you know, we <laughs> that's, that's the way we uh, left to go to the show, and that's how we left the show to go home. I pushed start it and mm-hmm. popped that clutch and on our way. But Steve wow. was... Uh, <laughs> Steve was always—he was always good to me. Uh, him and Jeannie both—I never had a problem with them. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. And that's—do uh, you still talk to John Tatum? Yes, I talk to him about every two to three weeks. Okay, he's doing great. Man, I, I got to. I gotta get you. Uh, I gotta yeah, off air, man. We we gotta get something together because I I gotta bring Tatum on the show. I've I've been looking. I've been uh, searching for him. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Yeah. He, I got that it. Guy's the, uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame this last year, and he uh-huh. had a blast. He really did. Yeah. He was. That's awesome. He was John Tatum, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Hollywood for you. Yeah, that's that's great, man. That's that's uh, that's awesome to hear. Rod, um, just I guess my last question to you is, uh, you know, just overall thoughts. Just uh, just you know, what what did you feel overall about your you know your time in, in GWF and uh, some pros, some cons, and would you what would you have done different? Well, I think the. Probably my biggest regret was uh, I was working, doing shows for Vince, and Sid, Sid Vicious was just started booking at WCW, and uh, he took in uh, Stevie Ray, Booker T, and myself, and wanted to bring us into WCW, and mm-hmm. I thought I had a sure thing with Vince, and I turned him down, and. I wish I'd never done that. If I if I could go back in time and do something, I would have I would have gone to WCW. Mm, okay. And what year was this? Uh, this was probably '94. Okay. Okay. And what did you do after the '94? Um, after after GWF shut down in '94, what happened? Uh, what did you do after that? I went overseas. I was still working in Japan. I got on mm-hmm. with, uh, we'd go, we'd go overseas to, uh, Africa, Europe. I, I pretty much, uh, I worked in Mexico a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was blessed enough. The Lord, the Lord just took care of me and, uh, blessed me mm-hmm. enough to, uh, be able to, you know, stay busy when I came home, was able to do independence. 
Nice. There was all yeah. kinds of independence going on. So do you uh have you have you officially retired or are you still uh putting the boots on? You know, I make personal appearances. I uh, mm-hmm. I went down to the Freeport, Texas and did kind of a personal appearance and uh had a really good time. Uh got the fever. I've had I've had twenty three surgeries, so I'm I'm oh, wow. rebuilt. Yeah, I'm rebuilt. A lot of you know, it's a mixture of wrestling and football. But you know, I'm blessed. I'm able to get up every morning and uh pretty much walk the stiffness off. I go to the gym with my, my best friend and my my future wife and you know, I'm I'm just totally blessed. Tammy, right? You there, Rod? I'm here. Did you hear me? Yeah. Did I get did I get your best friend's name right, Tammy? Yes, Tammy. Yes. Special shout out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you yeah, bet. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So real quick, uh, so, so I, I, forgot, I, I, I am curious. I've got a shout out to my son too. If I don't mention Logan oh, yeah. Mikey versus a soft, I'll never hear the end of it. So son, this is for you. I love you. <laughs> I'm putting you out there. <laughs> awesome, man. Logan Price. He you said he wrestles as what? Yes, sir. Wrestles as Goth Black. Go- Goth he lives in Georgia, right outside of right outside of Atlanta. Okay, <clears throat> that's a that's a good place to live as far as making it in the wrestling business. Uh, uh, so that's a, that's that's all, especially you know the the the, the history that comes with uh, with Atlanta. I believe that DDP still lives in Atlanta. So yes. if I'm not mistaken, yes. yeah. <clears throat> um, right, sounds good. So I'm, I'm I'm curious about something real quick. You said sure. that uh, in in '94 you got an offer by WCW. Yes. And was it uh, so? Ninety four was Bischoff was starting to become prominent in uh, as far as executive concern. Who was it that uh, was it? The matter of someone in the WCW kind of uh, uh, gave you kind of like a connection there. Was it was it Bischoff that was around at that time that uh, you talked to, or or who was who was well, in charge? Bischoff, Bischoff, I think was. I don't. I think he was coming up to take over, but at the time, Sid was was doing some booking and and doing some talent scouting. So, mm-hmm. you know, he he wanted to bring in some of his guys, and Booker okay. T, Stevie Ray, myself. At the time, it was uh, it was at the Sportatorium that he, that he asked us. Wow. Well, you know, um, WCW lasted for seven years after that, so uh, right. it didn't have too long of a shelf life uh, in, in, in hindsight. So, um, you know, it, it uh, at least uh, you could say that you were a part of the GWF franchise, and you were, you know, one of the Iron Man of GWF because – you actually stay there from from top to from start to finish, you know. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, what what belts did you uh, win in GWF? Did you win any title in GWF? 
Yeah, we held. I held the uh, the their heavyweight championship three, and Tatum and I held the tag team titles for three times. Oh, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought you held the, uh, the 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 top the top title. I, for some reason, um, I'm trying to figure out when because I'm 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 kind of re- reminiscing as a kid <laughs> to remember. When you want right. um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so I don't remember. I remember Wilkes had it that time. I remember Chris Adams had it toward the the latter parts of it. Um, and what what year did you have it? Um, you know, Chris and I kind of battled back and forth with that belt for a little bit. Okay. But, All right, yeah. Gary Hart managed you right, brother, for brother, a while, too, right? I'm on the flank, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Totally. It's, it's totally fine. Gary Hart managed you for a while, too, right? Yes, he did, yes. In fact, yeah. Gary uh, started his own little promotion there, Texas, Texas Wrestling Federation. And oh, okay. We were – I think I've heard of it. Saturday. Because oh, okay. I, I Steve and I, and I tagged, were tagging together for Gary too, and uh, mm-hmm. if we had another booking, Gary would put us on first so we could make the next show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Gary Hart was great. Yeah. Now, what year was? <clears throat> I mean, what day was uh, global? Uh, were the global tapings? Uh, man, if I, if I can remember, I want to say ninety-one, maybe. No, I'm t- I'm sorry. As, as far as like what day of the week? Oh, what day of the week? It uh, they always ran. I'm sorry. They, okay. Uh, so Friday nights. Uh, Friday nights we did TV tapings. Saturday we have a spot show. And then uh, work other independents. You know, if it was a DWF show, we had to go. But uh, right. if they weren't yeah. running, if they weren't running, we could work anywhere. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't an exclusive uh, type of deal for. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. You know, I never knew that. Rod, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you kicking off Thank the DWF so tribute show. Man, you know it's it's so funny because uh, you're you're one of the the Iron Man, the franchises of of GWF being there from from start to finish, and just really seeing the the, the talent come and go, and just really see the talent b- being developed within the GWF franchise and becoming you know huge stars. Uh, the, the the list goes on as far as the names that uh, became you know huge right. stars. So yeah, absolutely. Broad, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Man, thanks for having me, and thank you for the kind words. I'm very humble for him. Awesome, man. Best wishes to you, Rob, and uh, and uh, I'll I'll be contacting you. Uh, <laughs> I'll be contacting you soon about getting Tatum uh, on the show. We'll get Tatum going. I promise. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. All right, brother. Thank you so Bye-bye. much, man. Bye bye. Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen, rugged Rod Price, the California stud Rod Price, 
Man, what a way to kick off this GWF tribute show, and uh, it was great to have him on the show tonight. All right, so uh, I was able to contact my buddy Del Wilkes uh, 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 earlier today, uh, and he he also was willing to to be a part of the GWF tribute show. Uh, so let's uh, it, it's a, it's an interview that um, that that was. Uh, I had with uh, with Wilkes this morning. Uh, well, actually, it was this afternoon. So, <clears throat> so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get uh, Del Wilkes on the show, and we will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the GWS Tribute Show. We've had so much fun uh, so far. We got uh, some, some more fun to do now. This person, to me, he's been on the show before, uh, about three years ago, actually. So it's been time flies. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Uh, but, I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking of some names of when I was watching GWF back, uh, you know, there was only – Three years of GWF, nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety four, I believe it was. Uh, and this one, I watched GWF the whole time. And this person, uh, especially in the in the beginning stages of GWF, really helped launch the promotion to make it as popular as it was. And you know, he had the gimmick uh, to, to really. Uh, be just the ultimate babyface. And uh, we talked about him on the show recently. He's been on the show before. And I am so excited to bring on my guy, my friend, my buddy, the Patriot, Del Wilkes. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's it's, it's great to have you back on the show again. And uh, it, it's it's great to just really encapsulate this GWF tribute show with – the man, the 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 franchise of GWF, Del Wilkes. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me, and I appreciate you doing this. I uh, um, I think in a lot of ways, um, GWF was a very important three years in 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 wrestling, and I also think a lot of times it's overlooked as well too, as far as its importance and the impact it did have on the business. So. I'm awfully thankful that you uh, that you're doing this. Fantastic! And you brought up a really really good point that you know it was like to to me it felt like uh, ECW before ECW you know uh, began. So ECW was real big from about '94 to 2001. Within its seven years, it created such a cult like following that you had so many people that came out of ECW that became. Big stars, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, and, and, you know, and, and many others. Um, before that, it's, interestingly enough, before that, to me, was GWF, because you had the heavy-hitting promotions at that time were, of course, the WWE, WWF at the time, WCW. Those were the two big ones. You had AWA. Uh, just reaching its end, so it was uh, uh, just a few years' time. USWA transitioned into, you know, GWF. So the GWF to me was an opportunity for people to be known and notable. Uh, it didn't have uh, the, the, the big two feel, but still it had ESPN coverage. It had national television exposure. So Joe, Joe Pedicino 
Bonnie Blackstone, all the executives that was at GW for the time, they knew how to do business to get that national television exposure, and it really helped people like you. Oh, it did. It, it was very instrumental in helping launch my career. Now, I had already been exposed to a national TV audience through AWA. ESPN, yep. yeah, through AWA, the Trooper, uh, on ESPN. Yep. But when uh, when they went belly up, um, we had heard, when I say we, those of us within the industry had heard the rumors and sort of the rumblings of this new operation, this new company that was in the works. And, uh, you know, with Joe Petticino, sort of a, the one that was uh, leading the charge to try to put this together along with Bonnie Blackstone. Of course, Bill Eden was involved as well. And uh, for a long time, we just heard those rumors. There was supposed to be this hugely rich, successful businessman from Africa that was going to dump millions of dollars into the GWF and try to make it or put it on a competitive level with WWF, which is now WWWCW, and that never came about, but there was a lady uh, in Atlanta that um, had some family money and had made some money in the real estate business named Carol Lindsay, and her and her son Danny uh, were actually the ones that ended up being the financial backers uh, of uh, Global uh, initially when it started, and you, you, you were spot on a while ago. It was... Um, it was a good mixture of uh, young, up-and-coming guys like myself, uh, the handsome stranger, Marcus Bagwell, uh, Julie Lynn, uh, the one, two, three, two, yeah, the lightning kid, Sean yeah. Waltman. Yeah. And they did a good job of mixing that with guys that were already established superstars. Now, maybe some of them were on the downhill slide or the backside of a career, but they still had tremendous name recognition. And yep. when you can bring those guys in and just do all and, and c combine it with the up-and-coming guys, I, I thought it was a great concept. Yeah, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And and I think that that's really what helped launch names like you is because you had veterans to come in to really help put people like you over you know, like uh, you know, like the Al Perez's and, 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 and you know names like that to really help you know with that concept of really having an established name, but still really helping people like yourself, you know, to to, to put you over. And I think uh, with, with the GWF, you know, it's it, it really catapulted you know WWE's attention. As we saw, you know, with uh, with yourself, with people like you know Justin Hawk, who became JBL, you know, and and, and the Soul Taker, who became you know the Godfather, comma, you know Mustafa, and so when did you notice that the of course you know Bruce Pritchard, you know, worked for GWF as well, yeah. you know, so when when did you notice that the WWE uh, that the GWF became so popular that it that it grew the interest of the WWE recruits. Well, I had um, had uh, and this was the second time the WWE had reached out to me in the early, um, uh, even before the um, uh, the GWF time. But then once GWF got established, uh, they reached out and contacted me again. Uh, we had Nick Busick, the big bully that, that left uh, Global and went to the WWE. So it was obvious that we were getting the attention uh, of the bigger companies. And um, they did a, you know, a real good job of blending that together. It was amazing that um, 
when you look at what we were able to do in a short period of time, and, and you had mentioned earlier about established guys that came in and put me over. You know, they had that North American tournament. Uh, they had the TV tournament. Yep. And we would, we would fly to Dallas every weekend, and on Fridays and Saturdays we would do our tapings there at the Global the Global Dome, which was a sportatorium. Yeah. And I had guys from Bill Eady to Stan Lane, of course, Al Perez, Buddy Landell. Uh, Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin, established names like that that yep. were willing to take a young guy like the Patriot, a brand-new gimmick, a brand-new character, and put him over in these tournaments on Nationwide TV. Yep. And without a question, that I mean, that really, really was a big deal for me, and it catapulted my career to a completely different level than where I had been previously. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, uh you know, you, like you said, you were in, in the AWA as the trooper, um, and, and that gave you some television exposure. But um, you know, I, I, and you said this before, but just you know, for 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 new fans listening, how did the Patriot gimmick even come about? Now, um, uh, you know, you Del Wilkes, you you looked you know the part. Certainly looked the part. You were the you know, uh, the, the all-American look, the, you know, the, um, the chisel, chiseled steel, you know, I mean, the, the, you, you had, you had the, the, the Patriot look to you. Now, were there other names discussed to, to, to don the Patriot gimmick or was it, you know, like, okay, this Dale Wilkes guy, you know, he, he fits the mold 100%. Let's put the mask on him. To my knowledge, there was no one else that was discussed for the role. And I'll tell you how off guard it caught me. Uh, when this thing finally came together and we all realized there was going to be a Global Wrestling Federation and we were going to have our, our very first TV taping in the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, and FedEx, the FedEx truck pulled up to my house one day and dropped my tickets off for that first weekend. Mm-hmm. I packed my trooper gear and took it with me because I had been told nothing else. Just we need you in Dallas for the very first global taping. There's some things we want to do with you and hope that you'll become a part of this, you know, new company. So, man, I'm there, and I arrive in Dallas. And, of course, all the talent stayed at the same hotel. And that Friday, literally just a few hours before we left to go to the building for the very first taping ever, uh, the very first show ever for Global, uh, I got a call from uh, Petasino, and he wanted me to walk over to his hotel room just across the parking lot. Uh, and I walk in, and there's Joe, uh, there's Bonnie, and, of course, there's Bill Eady. And they start laying out this idea for a patriotic character. And I take you back to 1990 or 91 when this happened. And our military has gone into Kuwait to liberate Kuwait Mm -hmm. from where Iraq had occupied Kuwait. Mm -hmm. So naturally in the early stages of any kind of uh, military conflict like that, patriotism is really, really high. And it was then. And they said, well, we think we've got a concept and a character here where we can take advantage of where patriotism's at right now. And Bonnie literally had a grocery bag, an old-fashioned brown paper grocery bag that she unfolded and pulled out a red, white, and blue mask, red, white, and blue tights, red, white, and blue trunks. And that was the first time it had ever been discussed with me probably two or three hours before we left to go to the building. Nice. And um, I thought it was a wonderful idea. Uh, I was all in, and they didn't need to twist my arm uh, to convince me to do it. And I'll tell you, that night when I walked down the aisle at the sportatorium to go to the ring, 
first time fans had ever seen that character. That place erupted. Yeah. <laughs> and just just then, I knew, man, we, we've got a chance to do yeah. something special here. Absolutely. I, you know, that's something that I noticed, and I think that it was a really good business decision too, because you you all were opposite WWE who were doing it from a different angle because they brought Slaughter in, you know, during the Desert Storm to be the antagonist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yep. you know, and 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 they were, you know, they were him and Adnan and and Sheik. You know, uh, they were they were uh, they, they were feuding against uh, Hogan as the heels in '91. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you know, uh, uh, Slaughter being the sympathizer, the Iraqi sympathizer, uh, being the GI Joe guy in AWA, and coming in and being the antagonist of the 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 uh, the, the, the U.S. antagonist of the the the, sympa- the Ford sympathizer, and the GWF did the opposite. They brought you in to become the you know the 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 protagonist for the patriotism the the uh you know the person who were standing up against you know all of the uh all of all of the 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 war and all, and all of the adversaries and and I think that that really helped GWF to having an alternative angle that really helped as far as the fans wanting that type of you know uh model for 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 the United States opposite of Slaughter, who was the antagonist of the WWE. I agree completely, and I think that's a very good point. And I'll tell you something else I think that helped make it work. And uh, you know this just as well as I do, or anybody that's ever uh, tried to work a character and get a character over or a gimmick over. Uh, I think it's got to be something you feel very comfortable with, something that's almost an extension of you. Mm -hmm. And that character was. uh, I'm not saying I'm any more patriotic than anybody else I meet on a daily basis, but I'm truly head over heels in love with my country. Mm -hmm. I know it's not a perfect country, but it's the greatest country that's ever, ever existed. And I've always wore that patriotism on my sleeve for everyone to see. So it was a very, very easy transition for me to become that character because it truly was. It was it was who Dale Wilkes was and just just an extension of Dale Wilkes. So it was very, very easy for me to do that. Yeah. So I guess my last question to you, Dale, is just in the three years of GWF now, you were there on the front end and really helped catapult uh, the launch of, of GWF. You were there, what, 91 and 92? Right, and then you end up going That's to correct. WCW and then WWE. Um, so the first half of, uh, of of GWF, you really helped launch, you know, the popularity of the company. Just as an overall, uh, you know, thoughts overall, just uh, takeaway, just reminiscent of something that was uh, almost tw- almost 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's yep. crazy that time flies. Uh, almost 30 years ago, in hindsight right now, and just how GWF really helped your career, what are, you just, what, are your, what are your takeaways on just that experience? Well, it helped my career tremendously because actually I left GWF not to go to WCW or WWE, but I left to go work full-time for Japan. Japan. Yeah, yeah. Japan, yep. And that was a big deal for me because while doing the Trooper character, I had an opportunity to go to Japan and work for Baba, and I didn't do a very good job. I just probably was way in over my head at that particular time early in my career. But 
when they had a chance to see me again, more developed, more mature, more yeah. experienced, body more developed, and they really wanted me to come back, and that led to a full-time job there. Mm-hmm. So it really helped push my career to that next level. But not only that, it did for so many others. It was a springboard for so many other guys uh, to take their career to the next level and to take it to the bigger stage. And I'll tell you, the impact of it, you still feel today because I'm still out there amongst the wrestling fans and doing uh, personal appearances occasionally and things like that uh, and being contacted through wrestling fans through social media, Facebook or Twitter. I mean, there's not a week goes by that somebody doesn't reach out to me uh, and talk about what an impact watching the GWF had on them as a fan. Yep. Basically, like you said in the introduction here, how when you were a teenager and you got home from school, and, and I hear that story over and over again, it was the highlight of their teenage years, mm-hmm. maybe even younger years, to get home from school, get your homework done, get your chores done, and sit down at 4 o'clock Eastern time and, yes, watch right. and, and watch the Global Wrestling Federation. Yep. So I tell you, it's just a special feeling to be a part of something like that, the the impact is still felt today, and the wrestling fans can share that with you. Yes, I agree. And I guess my last thought, you know, I was thinking thinking this one thought before we close here. As a kid, as as a preteen, as a teen, watching GWF, you know, you were my favorite. GWF wrestler period, and then when you went to WCW, had the tag titles with Bagwell, uh, became a, a huge name uh, in the WWE during the Attitude Era. As a kid, and during the Attitude Era, I was in high school. Why in the world did you not win the WWF championship? Well, uh, it it was plain and simple injuries. Uh, I got there. And uh, almost immediately, I was uh, put into the program with Brett. He had turned heel, and he was the face of the company, and he was on this pro-Canada, anti-America rant going all over the world with it, actually. And so it was just, it it felt like a glove, a hand in a glove for he and I to work together and work that angle. And I came in, I mean, you couldn't come in any better than coming right into the company and working the program with their top guy, their champ, the face of their company. But plain and simple, it all ended because my body failed me. I, I got there. I was beat up. I was damaged goods when I got there. I had two major, major injuries. I blown a knee out. That knee has since been replaced three times. Uh, I had blown my tricep out. Both of those were done in Japan. And uh, I was on borrowed time when I got there, Chris. And my body, unfortunately, just was not able to uh, to take me any further than it went, and that's just that's the bottom line. As Steve would say, plain and simple. Yeah. Well, twenty years later, I have peace of mind on that because I was, <laughs> because I was always wondering why didn't he win the title? You know, because I was such a big fan. And uh, but yeah, I, I can definitely understand. You know, the the injury bug as, as far as uh, why that would would keep you. But you know. Despite that, you, you had such a phenomenal career, and the GWF was what really uh, caused you to do it. So I really thank you so much for being a part of this GWF tribute show. To me, GWF wouldn't be GWF if it wasn't for the Patriot Dale Wilkes, so I really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate those kind words, and again, appreciate you reaching out to me, and I hope you and all of the fans listening to your show have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Awesome. You too, Dale. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.
Wow, ladies and gentlemen, Dell Wilkes, the Patriot Dell Wilkes, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I really hope that you enjoyed uh, the two-parter. First, uh, Rugged, the California stud route, Rod Price, and then uh, right after that, <clears throat> the Patriot Dell Wilkes. So, uh, wow, that's uh, that was awesome, man. And it ain't, it ain't over yet. We're going to review a 1993 episode of uh, of <laughs> of uh, GWF uh, at the end of the show, too. So, you know, it's so funny, man. I, I really don't want to do anything else. Uh, <laughs> we got a few headlines. Uh, we got just raw and SmackDown grades. But, man, you know, I, I'm I'm feeling like a, a, a kid again uh, 25 years ago. And, and uh, I'm listening to interviewing um, – Rod and uh, Dell today, man, it just really, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it just really makes me want to just stay in the GWF vein. So we're gonna have some fun at the end of this show. We're actually gonna look at a, uh, a the episode of uh, of of the um, GWF. So from from 1993. So. So exactly 25 years ago was uh, <laughs> the GWF episode that we're going to listen to, that we're going to look at. And so, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's let's skim through this, uh, really, like 15, 20 minutes <clears throat> headlines. We're all on SmackDown, and let's really get into this. First of all, thank you all for your prayers. As you can see, I feel much better. Still a nagging cough here and there, but just physically, I feel much, much better. So, um, <clears throat> so thank you so much. And it feels good to, you know, as as Jake Roberts would say, man, it's good to be back. He didn't say man, though. He said an expletive that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't use profanity. So <laughs> I'll just say man, man, it's good to be back. So Jake Roberts, uh, you know, in the words of Jake Roberts, it's great to be back. Great to feel much better. Interesting enough, I just started feeling better probably today, yesterday, <laughs> and uh, I'm so thankful. <clears throat> Thank God that I, I'm, in, uh, you know, I feel much better for the show. So, thank you all for listening to Dale Wilkes. <clears throat> thank you all for uh, listening to Rob Price live, and uh, let's get right into. The headlines, and then I'm really excited to see this, <laughs> to watch this GWF with you all. Uh, I watched it earlier today, and uh, I just, first of all, I just can't, I couldn't stop with smiling and laughing, and it was just funny, <clears throat> you know. First of all, you, you, you get, I always thought, I think I've said this on the show before, how much I really, I, how much I loved Black Bart. Now, as a kid, he was a, he was a big heel. I couldn't stand him at the time. And, you know, growing up, I, I didn't like Black Bart because he was a bad guy and, and he was a villain and, you know, for the most part of his career. And uh, but I loved him on the mic, though. He'd always say gum," you know, and it started <laughs> the episode started and it was just a random episode that I picked. And it started off with Black Bart. I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a good episode to watch. And I really did enjoy it, actually. So uh, it was. Definitely reminiscent, you know, 25 years ago. It was, it was really cool. So uh, I'm really excited about it. And uh, let's get through this headlines real quick. Talk about Raw and SmackDown real quick. And then we'll get to uh, watching 
the GWF episode together. All right, so here we go. Headlines. All right, so let's talk about Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania 35 opponent. So Dave Meltzer said that uh, Seth Rollins is uh, in the driver's seat to be Brock Lesnar's opponent. And you saw it, you know, the seeds were playing it last uh, night on Raw. Um, and I, we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. Now, granted, Seth Rollins is one of my favorites currently right now. He probably is in my top three as far as males are concerned. Uh, big Seth Rollins fan. But I don't know. It's just... Uh, Something, there's something missing about that main event to me. There's just an, there's just some type of intangible that's just missing. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't reek like star power to me, like what personally, because, you know, I think about because I'll be there and I'm thinking, you know, Lord willing, I'll be there, and I and I'm thinking about like. Yeah, most of the time on there is going to be work related, but you know I enjoy Mania every year, you know. And so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm up, you know, morning till wee hours in the uh, <clears throat> early morning to wee hours in the morning, doing coverage, going to event after event. I mean, last year was busy, but this year was even busier. I was I was hopping from indie show to indie show to indie show, doing interviews <clears throat> as we saw. Um, as you saw on the Wrestling Inc. page, I um, I did interviews with uh, Garza Jr., Billy Gunn, um, Teddy Hart, uh, Lance Hoyt. Um, who else did I interview? Interviewed um, a lot of people. <laughs> it was it was um, I did a I was at the um, the Wild and Mania. Did some covers there. Uh, uh, with the Mark Henry interview, I'll actually be there this year, uh, 2019 too. Um, I'll, I'll work together, have a good relationship with uh, MLW, and I'll be doing some uh, some coverage for their show. Uh, so, you know, it's it's going to be busy, <laughs> and I usually use the the WrestleMania as kind of like the the bow of the weekend to to really enjoy the show. And, you know, when, cause I'm, I'm really, so it makes me really get into it as far as um, the, the main events and, and really look forward to the show. And man, I, I was just, you know, I don't know how I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, there's Brandon said, uh, Seth feels like a mid Carter. Yeah, he does. Um, but I like the fact that he is, you know, Intercontinental Champion. I think that he's done a really good job with really pushing the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I, I really like, like I said, I really like Seth Rollins. I think he's fantastic. Uh, one of my favorites on the show right now. But I don't know. It's just an intangible to me that, I don't know, maybe my, well, I was going to say maybe my expectations are too high, but I don't think so. I think your expectations should be high when it comes to WrestleMania. Uh, you know, when I think of WrestleMania, I think of Andre Hogan. 
That that is the main events of WrestleMania. That's the type of feel that people should have when they look at WrestleMania. It should be the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. And, and you know, so Sufi says, I hope you're feeling better this week, Chris. I appreciate it. Sufi, I am feeling better. I'm feeling much better. Thank God. Uh, praise Jesus <laughs> that I feel better because uh, it's been a tough two weeks, a very, very tough two weeks. Uh, but I feel much better now. So it's awesome. And it's great to be back. <laughs> it's great to feel better. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, just WrestleMania just doesn't, I don't know, Seth versus Lesnar just doesn't give that appeal to me. I mean, last time we saw Seth was a heel, um, you know, that's really that's really where the burn it down came from. Suplex City. I'm going to burn Suplex City to the ground. So, yeah. For Mania, though, I don't know. Uh, you know, there there's also some rumors of The Rock. See, I don't know if I see The Rock ever competing in, again, but uh, thank you, Sophie. <laughs> great, great timing. Ask Chris, who would you go instead of Rollins? I would go The Rock. Now, granted, if The Rock can't compete, I understand. Um, <clears throat> you know, the WWE has done a terrible job really pushing people and making people feel like a million bucks. Now, I still stand by the fact that I think Drew McIntyre is going to win the Royal Rumble. But I still don't see Drew versus Lesnar. Because I don't, I don't like Lesnar as a babyface. I don't think he should be a babyface. I think his soul. I think his role should be to put people over. Honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Cena. To be, honest. I hope it's not Cena. See, here's the thing, and I've also said this too. I think I would be totally on board with Lashley breaking up from Leo Rush because I still stand by the fact that Bobby Lashley is he's not benefiting at all. With being with uh, from, from being with Leo Rush Not at all And so I think that I would be totally on board with um, With Lashley Lashley um, Turning you know Going away from Leo Rush Turning on Rush Becoming a baby face Saying that this project Has not helped me It seems like this whole time You've been wanting to get yourself over You've been wanting to make yourself look like a star you know, uh, I've been in the in the in the sidelines. Have Lashley win the Royal Rumble, and I think Lashley versus Lesnar, I'd be totally on board with that, hundred percent on board. Now that has that that has more of a big fight feel because that's a dream match to many. So that that's been talked about for years. I think that Brock versus Lashley would be a, a great WrestleMania match. Fantastic. And here's the thing: I think that. And and they've and to me they've done a very poor job with, um, with the Seth versus Ambrose feud. I was not expecting Ambrose to be gas mask, you know this city stinks type of heel. He his his ability to be a heel is much better than what WWE is giving and allowing for him, and it's terrible to me. I'm not a fan of Ambrose's heel run. It seems like he's been. It seems like he's being bridled, uh, which I don't like at all. And I actually thought, and maybe, 
maybe I did overthink this. Uh, maybe, maybe I did it, not overthink it, but maybe my expectations were too high. I actually thought that um, Rollins and Ambrose could have had a main roster feud similar to how Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had. Um, so, so it's obvious because people were just sucked in that feud and it was a fantastic feud. It lasted, you know, he was gone, you know, it lasted what over a year, two years. And so his injury counting his injury, the turn, uh, you know, the, the, the rematch and, you know, main eventing takeover. I was actually there this year when it main evented takeover uh, in new Orleans, fantastic match. And just a sequence of matches after that, I thought it was fantastic. It was it was probably the best feud of the year, actually, with Gargano and Ciampa. And I thought that the WWE was going to be creative enough because there's a lot of history with with Ambrose and and Rollins. There's a ton of history. I actually thought that they're going to be creative enough to have a um, an angle similar to Gargano and Ciampa, just with the emotion involved. Ambrose has the ability to have to to be a, a hated heel like Ciampa is, you know, especially from his independent days. You know, we know that Ambrose has the ability to draw heat, and he does a good job at it. But uh, yeah, I mean, WWE has failed. <laughs> they have done a poor job with um, with doing that, and I'm disappointed. Honestly, I'm really disappointed. It's you know, and just. And raw, raw period is it was, it's it's been disappointing, of course. And it's funny that they actually made it an angle uh, <laughs> that raw's been bad. So I guess that was their way to save face that uh, raw's been bad. So let's just make it an angle, which is odd. Um, so you know, Seth versus Lesnar, I'm not on board with. Lastly, versus Lesnar, I'm much more on board with. Rock versus Lesnar would be the marquee. Uh, match so Rick Flair to t- uh, clear <laughs> Rick Flair clear to take bumps again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, he's almost 70 years old. I think he turned 70 in February, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, he's still talking about taking bumps. He was uh, on the Austin podcast and uh, <laughs> he was he was saying the guys has the, gli- the guys have cleared me to do anything now, is what he said. Uh, he can take bumps, he can do anything so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Flair, just, uh, you know, he's obsessed to those back body drops. I do not want to see Flair in the ring in any capacity. I would be cringing. Um, see if he's asking, where does Ambrose go from the feud with Rollins? I thought he'd uh, blow off uh, when coming to a mania. I agree. I, I thought that the blow off should have uh, should be a mania. I still think I still feel that way. I think the blog should be a mania. Um, gives them, you know, four good months from now to really continue their feud. Their feud has barely even started, and you know, give them four good months to, to really uh, put a lot of emotion. You know, like I said, similar to Gargano and Ciampa, give them some time, build the emotion up, have the blow off match, uh, the culmination be at, at mania. You don't even, honestly, you know, I'm a big fan of, I, 
I'm not a big fan of people saying you don't need championships because I think that people need championships. But this match doesn't even ha- doesn't have to be for a title. Um, you can make it for the Intercontinental title if you want, sure. Uh, but it doesn't need a title. I mean, it, that's that's how much emotion should be at least uh, in this feud that it doesn't need a championship. And you know, it's unfortunate. It really is uh, because they've done a poor job with really making it something. Um, and, you know, Rollins and Ambrose should, should have closed Mania. I mean, it should have closed at Mania. It shouldn't have closed Mania, but it should have closed at Mania. And um, But now they seem like they're trying to hot shot it. Like, they do a lot of stuff. They hot shot stuff way too quick. I actually thought that uh, Angle and McIntyre should have waited, too. I don't think they because cause now his match against Angle's forgettable. Like, you got a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Kurt Angle. They do a one-off match against Raw, and now it's a forgettable match. You know, build it up. To me, they should have done. They should have waited until the Rumble to do it. Um, if you're not going to have Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble, they should have waited to to wait to waited to the Royal Rumble to have him against Angle. And uh, you know. Even if McIntyre doesn't win the Rumble, he could have, um, you know, he he could have beat Angle at at, uh, at Rumble and, and could have made something real big with it. Quite unfortunate. So, um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But I mean, they, they're doing a really poor job with uh, with really building. And I, now they're doing decent with McIntyre, but they can do a lot better too. McIntyre's Hundred percent, you know, the hottest name on uh, Raw right now, and I just think that they could do a better job with really making him feel even like a bigger star. And you know, sorry, sorry, Dolph Ziggler, sorry, Finn Balor, but neither Ziggler or Balor make Drew McIntyre look like a bigger star. And sorry. You know, and, and Balor, both Balor and Ziggler are fantastic workers in the ring, but neither of them make um, uh, make him feel like a star. So it's unfortunate. We'll get to TLC TLC predictions at the end of the show. Uh, all right, so let's get to this stuff so we can watch some GF uh, some GWF. Um, yeah, I agree. Drew is the man, Gabriel. Uh, Ember Moon's husband rips Nia Jax. Uh, deleted tweet, according to some some uh, some some uh, reports. Um, called her an unsafe moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple things. One, uh, be careful because the WWE watches that. Um, it's probably why it's deleted because Ember Moon probably told him to, you know delete the tweet because WWE watches everything. Uh, trust me, I know I've had, uh, I know people currently in the WWE that tells me that and I'm, I've stayed a lot of good relationships with former WWE guys and they tell me that WWE watches everything, social media, like WWE or social media magnets. Um, they watch everything. So be careful. However, I will say I will say that I can understand Matthew Palmer's uh, 
um, you know, it's it's unfortunate because, you know, he he he's married to Amber Moon and he wants his wife to feel safe in the ring. I mean, is that too much to ask? Really, is it is it too much to ask that that you know he's an indie wrestler, so he understands how it's important to protect the wrestlers. He wants his wife to stay safe in the ring, and Nia Jax has been notorious for, you know, close calls. I mean, her matches against uh, Charlotte almost broke her neck with the shoulder block that went awry, swinging uh, Sasha Banks around, almost jacked her up, uh, botched against Bailey, almost jacked her up. So, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't any man want to protect his wife? Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, that's you can't you can't get mad at, at him getting upset be, because of the pattern that Nia Jax has had. I mean, of course, br- breaking Becky Lynch's face. So you know, you know he's uh, he's want to protect his wife. He's he's upset uh, at you know the pattern that Nia Jax has, and that's that. So. Trivia, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? This person became the first WWE champion in 1963. Uh, Sophie said, I crapped myself when Nia screamed my during her promo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely need to work on the promo game, that's for sure. All right, real quick. Raw and SmackDown grades. Just give me the, the your grades for Raw and SmackDown. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's get into some GWF. Um uh, stuff. So just give me your grades for Raw and SmackDown. Um, <clears throat> she needs to go back to wrestling school. She needs to go back to NXT. I mean, I understand, you know, she's had some big prominent mania spots. She's had, you know, she's uh, been woman's champion. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But, you know, go to NXT. Um, you know, earn your stripe again. Um, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So raw, um, the Rollins Corbin match was decent. Um, it was, it was okay. It was okay. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, Leo Rust defeating Elias. What in the world is that all about? You know, what is going on? What is going on? Um, yeah, I'd give it a C. Still don't like McIntyre, Ziggler, but at least it kind of made Ziggler. You know, here's the thing. I like, I've said this before, I like Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable. So, uh, yes, Buddy Rogers. Good job, Brandon. The nature boy, Buddy Rogers. <clears throat> um uh yeah, so <clears throat> them winning the titles, but here's my here's my deal. Why didn't they just wait for TLC for that? Why didn't they just make it a gimmick match? If they want to do the three on two handicap, <clears throat> why didn't you just do a ladder match? Because it would have protected AOP if they would have lost the ladder match because they wouldn't have been pinned. Yeah, they kind of protected them, you know, um, by pinning Maverick, but. I don't know. Why didn't you just wait until TLC? The the pay per view is days later, and you did the change on the go home show before the pay per view on Raw. 
it seemed like it just didn't make sense. <clears throat> um, thinks that the, they'll get the titles back at the TLC, Gabriel says. Yeah, I can see that happening. So, is it too late for the Bobby Roode turn? I, like I said, I like Roode and Gable. Uh, I understand that they're looking more alike with the with the gear. Um, <clears throat> I think Gable should have kept the singlet, though. Um, nah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Corbin did a very good on, on Raw. Uh, I, I, I like Corbin. I think that um, <clears throat> I think that Corbin's doing a, a, a really good job in his role. The Heath Slater thing was interesting. So, yeah, I mean, a C plus. No, nah, solid C. It was a C minus. It was like a D minus for me a couple weeks ago. I think C minus last week. Solid C. So, yeah, I agree. The the heel turn doesn't have as much um, <clears throat> impact now. All right, Lee Raw, D, SmackDown, C. Sufi Raw, D, SmackDown, C. Gabriel, both are a C. Um, GSP Raw was a solid B. Uh, SmackDown was a C minus. Expected so much more. was high for that rap battle. Nothing, uh, rap battle, nothing compared to <clears throat> last year. Um, yeah, nothing much came out of SmackDown for me. Um, yeah, just a lot of promos leading up to matches, but yeah, it wasn't, uh, very exciting for me. So that is that. All right. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm ready to watch me, uh, you know, uh, in the, in the, in, in the words of, uh, <clears throat> Black Bart, I'm ready to watch me some daggum <laughs> GWF, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get uh, let's get on it. Let's get on it. Uh, I got some a few more trivia questions real quick before we get this <clears throat> together. Um, let's do. Here we go. Let's do this one. <clears throat> Who was in charge of uh, WWE before? Who was in charge of ECW before Paul Heyman? <clears throat> Who was in charge of ECW before Paul Heyman? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get on with this GWF. I'm I'm really excited about this, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be really fun. Um, <clears throat> and um, let's bring it on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, GWF, this is fun, <clears throat> and uh, let's see, let's bring this on here, all right, GWF, <laughs> here it comes Doyle King, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Todd Gordon Lee, yeah, good job. <clears throat> so we got uh, Doyle King and uh, Dag Gum, <laughs> Black Bart. Uh, okay, so here's the funny thing. This guy... 
Mark Valiant. I don't I don't even remember who he is. Uh yeah, Ahmed Johnson, Moab Moadib, um <clears throat> Gabriel. <clears throat> so they're plugging Mark Valiant as a uh uh as a Valiant uh, as a Von Eric. That's that to me that's the funniest thing ever. Listen. I don't care what anybody says. I know for a fact that he's a Von Eric. So this Mark, see, that's the funny thing, man. This Mark Valiant, speaking of, there he goes, Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen. We just had him on the show, uh, uh, on, the, on the top of the show. There he is, the California stud of Rod Price, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. Dallas Sportatorium, man. Uh, I heard that it was a mess in there, and there was it's it, it, there were rats, and it was hot. Uh, it was funny. Look at that. Look at look at how bad that was. Look at how bad that ring looks, man. And why in the world would they take a, a video? <laughs> why, why would they do a close up on how bad the uh, the ring looks? Uh, so they're so they're booking this Mark Valiant guy as as uh, a Von Eric. I have I don't remember who this guy is, right here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> the Mark Valiant guy. I don't I don't. But it's funny that they they're like yeah he's he's a Von Eric. <laughs> oh. He said, I'm going to look up the papers on you. <laughs> yes, CJ. Daggums flying everywhere. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's uh, Look, nothing. Rod's cutting up uh, inset promo. <clears throat> Nothing's going on. We can't hear him at all. Uh, yeah, GHP, if you ask me, Sonny Steve got the shorts gimmick from Rod. Yeah, that's I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> that gums, yeah, I love it, man. That gums flying everywhere. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, Black Bart somehow, man, he was uh, very upset that that he that he's not admitting that he's a Von Eric mullet power. <laughs> that's hilarious. Valiant. <clears throat> go go get you a bowl of cereal, GHP. <laughs> we'll be watching this for a little bit. Probably the next 20, 25 minutes or so. <clears throat> Watch your mouth, boy. Watch your mouth. Mark Valiant. <clears throat> Do your there it is, CJ. Do your dad gum job. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's supposed to be one for all and all for one. You know what I mean? These stupid referees don't do their dad gum job.
Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Black Bart was the man. We'll be right back. And there's not a daggum thing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, vicious arm drag GHP. That's correct. <clears throat> the raw price, man. Uh, he was just on the show at the beginning of the show. So, yeah, it's great. Opening opening match for for this uh, GWF show we're watching, and it was great to have him on the show. This uh, <clears throat> at the top of the show, so kudos to Rod Price. There it is. Give him out the daggum hair. We need to do some daggum tallies for daggum uh, Black Bart. <laughs> You tell me that I ain't biased. He even made he even made Doyle King laugh. Now that's something. That's hilarious. <clears throat> right. Classic pull of the hair, exactly. <clears throat> yes. The referent meant so much back then. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> yes, sir, buddy. Black <clears throat> Bart, man. Oh, you got to love him. Black Bart is the man. You got one, buddy. (laughs) Do your daggum job. All right, so we know the uh, we know the result for this. <clears throat> this is a wow. All right, and there it is again. Referees, do your daggum job. The ring post back then was as thick as the LEDs today. <laughs> yes, yes. <clears throat> That's hilarious. Here it is, old school. Oh, and it's over. Old school, chain in the tights. Old school, man. Love it. California stud. Moa Deeb. Let to see some Ahmed Johnson. There it is. Mmm. There it is. Mm. You're going to shine my shoes in the sportatorium. Skandor Akbar. All right, here comes Moadib. (coughs) 
I was a big Ahmed Johnson mark when he went to the WWE in the beginning. Mm. That's a heel promo. <clears throat> Sounds a lot like Rusev, how 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 he used to be. Now, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I heard that too, GSP. Now watch this botch. Nothing. <clears throat> And then Doyle and then Doyle King plugged it as you know as a knee. Oh, watch the knee <clears throat> and whatever that was. <laughs> More deep. Hmm. <clears throat> Just levels Rick Long. <clears throat> Mo on deep. <clears throat> That's a good point. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that was like a head dive. <clears throat> that was a real diving headbutt. Whatever that is. A daggum silent. <laughs> yeah, Gabriel. Those Coco be wearing Owen hard pants. High energy. <laughs> now, some type of sitting, kneeling, Paul Nelson, that was that's his finisher. <laughs> that old boy has been in a fight. He doesn't even know it. <clears throat> Comes a mercenary. <clears throat> now, if I'm not mistaken, this guy was also. Um, <clears throat> The Ultimate Solution in WCW, I think it was. I may be wrong about that, but I think he was that, too. Um, <clears throat> the Mercenary in the Sabu Pants. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Robert Swinson. Yeah, passed away in 1997 at age 40. Okay, yep. The final solution, the ultimate solution, yep. So he was the ultimate solution in WCW. Um, Yep. He was a part of the alliance in in Hulkamania. Yep, I thought I thought that was him as well. 
had a hiccup in the WCW uh, with uh, the alliance in Hulkamania. Don't remember this guy, <laughs> but yeah, right. Looks a lot like Brian Nobbs. <clears throat> That's hilarious. So they're plugging uh, GWF at the time. It seemed like they're really trying to link up with like nonprofit organizations at this time. Looks like the deals weren't as strong as they used to be. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> gotta skip the theme music here. There's Chaz uh, Tug Taylor's. Now, here's the thing. Um, the witch doctor, Baboose, this guy here, um, man, like, he's, I, he sounds just like Mark Henry. I mean, just like, like, if I would have, if I, if I didn't know better, I would have thought that this guy was Mark Henry, but he's, he was a manager. He was the witch doctor, Baboose, the witch doctor, and yeah. So, but yeah, I was, he sounded, because he was doing commentary too, and he sounded just like Mark Henry. Um, yeah, so Chaz was Tug Taylor, Tugboat Taylor, um, uh, his son. So, um, there was nothing much going on with here. Um, this match was kind of long, though. <laughs> so Chaz wins we'll forward it here. <laughs> Talk about patriotic. Oh, did they they throw it out? Did they throw the match out? Why do they call this match? <clears throat> oh, okay. There it is. There's the DQ right there. They threw the match out because uh Buxton uh <clears throat> pushed the uh pushed the ref. So Buxton cuts a promo at the at the end here. Here we go. Yeah, Greg Valentine here. Mama's going to have your job. <clears throat> jump, jump tube. I have no idea who this guy is. I, I, I looked him up uh, earlier when I was watching it, and I was like, I, I don't know. I don't. He goes by Crybaby uh, Francis Buxton. But he, you know, he's saying that, you know, call me fearless Francis Buxton, but I don't know. I don't know who that is. <clears throat> so, so here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Chris Adams. Yeah, the teams. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. John Hart, JBL. Look at that, man. Look at that. Oh, man. Face-to-face, and then, oh, and then they plugged it, like, 
It's coming. I think that's Jarrett. Yeah, that's Jarrett. Call what they were showing for this. Okay, so they were showing USWA stuff too. I remember showing. I remember seeing that. I remember they they showing USWA stuff as well. Jared was the man in USWA, of course. <clears throat> that's that's Terry Gordy, man. Gordy was the man. <laughs> JBL looks like a skinny Cassius owner. That's a good point. That's hilarious. I think so for USWA jump. I think that was Mark Lawrence. I've had him on a show before too. Um, <clears throat> I might have a world class tribute too. That would, actually that'll be fun. Bring Mark Lawrence back on the show. Yeah, that sounds like Lawrence. Yeah, so they're showing the USWF match, here, USWA match here. Gordy blocked it. There it is. Boom. Getting ready for the spike. Oh. <laughs> There's John Hawk. Big John Hawk. <clears throat> Gentleman Chris Adams. He's the he was the champ at the time. Doesn't he sound like Mark Henry? Four times. Yeah, that's uh that's uh JBL, John 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 Hawk as he was at the time. No, that's not Tony Savannah, that's Doyle King. There it is, there's Black Bart. <laughs> All all he needs to say is that's what I do. So man. Black part, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is for the Dagum Heavyweight title. <laughs> oh, man. That is incredible, man. I love it. <clears throat> this is so much better than a perfectly orchestrated WWE. Yes, I agree. I agree, Jim, too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Every stinking one of you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, 
Oh. <clears throat> All right. So we've got to do uh, TLC predictions. So I'm going to I'm gonna uh, zoom past here to let's see. So Chris Adams plugging his wrestling school as a part of the show. All right, let's go to the uh, <clears throat> let's go to the end of it. Super kick. Super kick. What's the good question, Gabriel? Uh, probably probably both. Did this type of wrestling end with the start of the Attitude Era or because of the internet? We both. <clears throat> For those who listen to the audio version, we are licking we are looking at an episode of um GWF uh from the Dallas Sportatorium. Right now, the the main event is uh, <clears throat> Gentleman Chris Adams, who's the champion, going against uh, John Hawk, who uh, later became WWE champion, JBL. <laughs> oh, there's the ref bump. Oh, there it is. There's the cowbell. The King Booker bun is on point tonight, bro. Here you, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Super kick. There it is. Adams wins. Adams wins. <laughs> Black Bart comes in. No, he gum didn't. I agree, Gabriel. Wish fans were like that at today's live events. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> Calling for Ice Man. Chris Adams. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, wow, wow. GWF <laughs> episode 129. Man, that was so fun. Um, wow. Uh, I hope you all enjoy what we're going to do some uh, uh, predictions real quick uh, for the uh, TLC. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that was this episode, again, thank you to Rob Price. Thank you to the Patriot Dale Wilkes for both being on the show tonight. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful show. GWF Memory Lane. Man, this has been absolutely fantastic. So thank you all for going down memory lane with me. So, all right, let's get to the predictions for TLC. Now, let's rewind. Let's fast forward 25 years later. <laughs> and, uh, the predictions for the uh, for the TLC pay per view. Let's um, let's see what is on this. Uh, let's see TLC for 2018. Let me bring up the card here so we can 
Um, go over it. Let's see. All right, give me your thoughts real quick on uh, just the, the GWF episode today. Just uh, that episode of what you saw. Blow up never dies, according to Bradshaw. Yep. <clears throat> Today's wrestling fans are too sensitive. They're not allowed to be signs. Mighty New Day's time machine. I'm still still stuck in GWF. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes, I agree with that man. <laughs> stuck in GWF, man. That was a what a night. <laughs> that was a lot of fun to watch that man with you all tonight. Um. Let's get to the DLC. Um, yeah, that was super fun, y'all. That was <laughs> I really enjoyed myself uh, watching that one, y'all. All right, so we have uh, let's start with Mysterio Orton. Um. I say Orton. Perhaps I still don't know what a cheers match is. Um, <clears throat> Buddy Murphy retains the cruiserweight championship, I believe. Um, I think Natalia wins. I can see a heel turn coming from her soon, from Natalia. To hold over uh, a feud with Ronda Rousey. Um, I say the bar retained. What do y'all, what do y'all think? <clears throat> Gabriel says Orton. Lee says Orton. Gress says Mysterio. Gabriel says Murphy. Um, I say the bar wins. Lee says Murphy. Um, yeah, probably a change at the Rumble, but I don't see anything. I don't see a change at TLC. <clears throat> so this guitar thing, a guitar ladder match. KSP says Drew, the Bar, Ronda, Ruby, Lashley, Orton, Daniel, Charlotte, and Buddy. Thank you. My move says uh, the Usos. Okay, six-time champions. I don't see that changing in TLC though. Russ says the USOs too. Uh, all right. Give me a question real quick. Uh, this wrestling legend competed under the nickname Hot Stuff. Competed under the nickname Hot Stuff. Um, I say Elias wins because Lashley had an advantage uh, on Raw. Um, Gabriel says the bar and Becky. I say uh, Drew McIntyre, hands down. I think that's quite obvious. Brandon, come to the grass. Good job. Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert. Uh, one more trivia question. Uh, let's see who we got. Here we go. That's a good one. What former WWE talent was the fake Undertaker? What former WWE talent was the fake Undertaker? Um... Yeah, I see. I say Becky Lynch. See, they might. I think Charlotte. Mm, Charlotte might grab it because Becky Lynch might win the Royal, Royal Rumble and, and compete against uh, Rousey. It seems like that's how they're going to do it. Unless Nia Jax beats Rousey 
Lynch wins the tie, uh, the Royal Rumble and competes against uh, competes against uh, Nia Jax. So I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to limb. I'm going to say Charlotte Flair wins this one. Becky Lynch wins the Royal Rumble. So R- Rousey beats Jax. Daniel Bryan beats. Uh, good job. Yep, Brian Lee. Or Chains. <clears throat> um, uh, so does Strowman come back, or does is there a surprise? Does, does someone like a Bray Wyatt come back? Uh, in, in, in in wrestles in, in Corbin's stead that could that could possibly happen. I don't see Nia Jax winning. Um, that wouldn't make sense to me. Uh, I can see if Tamita interferes and all that, I can see that happening. Nia Jax would you know Nia Jax realistically would be the only person that would be able to beat Ronda Rousey. But Nia Jax going into the new year as champion. I hope she doesn't defend it at Mania. That wouldn't make sense. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. I think Ambrose wins the Intercontinental title, so they can probably set up um, uh, Rollins. I say Fabulous Truth wins the uh, Mixed Match Challenge Finals. Do a dance break, so yeah, that's how it is. I'm not looking, you know, I'm not very excited about this card. Actually, I hope it surprises me, but uh, I'm not very excited about this card. But what I am excited about is the Rob Price and the Patriot Del Wilkes being on the show tonight. So, thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of the episode 350 of the Pancakes Power Slam show. It has been an absolute blast. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you being on, uh, you know, journeying to the GWS with me uh, this episode. Um, I feel so glad. I feel so glad to feel better uh, to journey with you all. So, lots of fun, y'all. It, it was lots of fun. So, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, I, I enjoy TLC. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Until next week. Uh, always remember, God bless. And always remember, I do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for enjoying DWF with me tonight. Again, Rod Price, Dell Wilkes, thank you all. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.